Hi, I'm Natalie Heacock. And I'm Chelsea Brown. And this is Lumber Slingers. Each podcast, we will be bringing you relevant and useful industry information, including interviews with top lumber professionals and discussion of current events in the industry. Whether it be lumber grading, industry and market trends, or who's who in lumber, we hope to extend your current tally on industry knowledge. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lumber Slingers. Today, we are switching it up a little bit. Natalie and I decided it'd be kind of fun every few episodes. We just chat between the two of us, kind of like a get-to-know-you session. So we decided between the two of us with our names being Chelsea and Natalie and how we like to chat, <laughs> we'll be calling these segments Chattily. Chattily. Welcome to the first <laughs> installment of Chattily. Hey, Nat. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's just a lovely day down here in Philomath. It's always sunny down here. What a lovely place. I love that. Yeah. I'm down at our uh, remanufacturing facility in Philomath, Oregon, just outside of Corvallis. I tend to come down here once a week on Wednesdays. And Natalie's back up in Portland today. Corvegas, if if you will. The kids (laughs) call it these days. (laughs) It's a lot of fun over there. So we just thought today it would be kind of fun. At the end of our episodes, we've been doing rapid fire questions for our guests. And so we decided that we would, we haven't prepped each other on the questions we're going to ask, but we're just going to ask each other some rapid fire questions. So to kind of ease into things. I'm nervous. (laughs) I know. I'm kind of him too. (laughs) Maybe we should give each other like one pass. I definitely think we should have a pass if it's a question we can't answer. So... One pass. That's it. That's it. Okay. All right. And then these might go into different tangents and that's the whole point. (laughs) You can be on the roller coaster with us. And another rule is if there's a question that you want me to answer as well. Like if I ask you a question you really liked and want me to answer, we could, you can do that too. Okay. All right. Do you want to start Nat? Next time we should do this with happy hour. Oh my gosh. That'd be so nice. All I have is water and the liquid IV right now. Also, I think that that would be just an astounding idea. I think so too. Next time, Chattily 2.0. Yes, that would with be happy hour. wondrous, really. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll go. This is a fun one. What is the best purchase you've ever made? Ooh, that is a really good one. Do you think you know? I feel like you're looking at me like you know the best purchase I made. Well, I was thinking like, (laughs) is it Drake? I was, that was my first thought, honestly. I think, I think it was because it was a big step for me as an adult. So, um, yeah, I think my car was my, my best purchase so far because I had never bought a new car like the year that it was made. I've never paid for something like that by myself. And I had been driving my Mazda 3 for 14 years or so. I drove it into With the ground. With no automatic windows? No right? automatic windows. It was a manual. I drove that. Well, the it was automatic windows. It was no stereo like one of the speakers worked and then had no Bluetooth or any way to connect your phone. So no navigation, no backup cam. Like, I mean, I was really roughing it by today's standard vehicles. So when I got Drake, I was like, oh my God, all the speakers work. And then 
I could Bluetooth my phone and I could also not back into something because I had a camera and, <laughs> and my car was beeping at me. So I think that, you know, I think that's one I'm most proud about, you know, until I have a home that I can be very proud about buying. And hopefully soon, I think my car is something I'm really proud of because I worked really hard to get there. And I really did wait until that other car was really just a piece of metal on wheels <laughs> flying down the highway. <laughs> so, <laughs> that was a great question. I kind of want to ask you that question, but I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to hold on to it, maybe come back to it. So this person could be living or dead or family or not. <laughs> Do you have somebody that is your hero? If so, who is that? Oh, that's a hard one. You think so? It is because I always get confused between, not confused, but I'm always like hero, mentor, you know, like I always, I'm kind of jealous of people who have like, who are like baseball fans and they have like a baseball hero, like Babe Ruth, like, oh, he's my hero. And I'm like, should I have like a famous person that's my hero? But I don't. (laughs) Should we dive into (laughs) Your lost forgotten hero. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Not her. So I think that I would probably have to say my mom. Because oh mom. Hi mom. I love her. Um, you know, she taught me how to (laughs) first of all, I was not an easy kid. I mean, and by (laughs) kid, I mean like 12 to 18 was really not a fun time for her. But she still taught me how to do everything I do in my life. So how to work hard and work ethic and work with kids and, you know, that family is important and all those things. So I think that she is the total package because she has, I mean, there is no work-life balance, right? But she has the family side, the work side, the doing it all side, and she's insanely supportive of me when I can't do all those things. So I I can totally agree with you on that. Your mom is a wonderful person and I don't know how she juggles all the things she does and then makes it look really easy. So um, I think that that's a great answer and I would agree with that. Mom. What a great lady Teresa is. What a great lady. (laughs) Okay, this is a good one because it's been so long. Okay. What was the last movie you went to at the theater? Oh, wow. I do remember, I remember going to the theater when I lived downtown just a short time ago. It was a couple years before everything took over Portland. And I, it's funny that I don't actually remember. I think it was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You know what? And it was actually, it was not downtown. It was at the McMiniman. So I think it was a little bit past being in the theater. Um yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think that was the last movie I saw. I fell asleep during that movie. Did you? I did. I feel really bad about it. I actually don't really remember it. I know Margot <laughs> Robbie's in it and everybody's crazy about her. And I don't really she remember is beautiful. anything else. Yeah, she's really pretty. I don't know the last movie I saw because... Oh, I mean, I know you're not asking me, but I'll go ahead and volunteer. Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> because now I only go with my kids and now I'd rather just pay... Disney Plus an extra $20 to not have to leave my house. You know, that's one great thing that came out of COVID is like, you can just rent movies that were supposed to be in the theater now, Mm -hmm. which is really nice. Yeah. And if you think about it, you're saving so much money by paying 
the premium on Disney Plus than you would to take a family of five to a movie. And Plus snacks. And, and, right. Yeah. And cavities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is a good one because I'm sure a lot of people listening want to know this answer. What motivates you? to know. <laughs> what motivates you? <sighs> what motivates me? Actually, I feel like you helped me with this, kind of figure out how to get to the bottom of this. But I think two things motivate me. One, I like to fix things. I'm a fixer. I'm actually, sometimes it's not a good thing. I'm a pusher and I push a little too hard, but I love to fix things and I love to get to the bottom of things and make things better. And I love to solve problems, which is why I think that I originally went into accounting because it's all just one big problem that you get to solve and there's almost always an answer. And so, you know, if I get a problem, sometimes I can't set it down till I fix it. I think that's it. And, and more recently, maybe I really like to make people's lives better. It makes me happy to make other people happy. Yes. You make a lot of people's lives better at home yeah. and professionally. So I could see that. And you're a great problem solver. Although I don't know if I would do accounting again, to be honest. If I could do it over. <laughs> you mean you're not a CPA, MBA? LDA, DDA. Um, I I do want to get some more letters back there. You know, yeah, uh, it's, it's gotten pretty stale recently. We're discussed. We're talking about Natalie's um, signature on her email. It says CPA MBA. Sometimes she gets. Most people don't even notice, but some people give you a hard time about it. They do. Alphabet soup. They're like, how many letters do you need, Natalie? <laughs> Makes me more important. The more letters you have, the more important you are. Right. It's like ribbons at trade shows. I just like piling those onto my badge, like having having it hang down really low. <laughs> oh, you did. Your Nala. <laughs> that thing was so long. It's really funny. I think I had some repeats on there. Was that Trader's Market? I think so. Or a leadership summit. I don't remember, but yeah. Oh, I, it was so long. I like taking those ribbons and just letting them go all the way down to my knees. <laughs> <laughs> we should make up some of our own and bring them next year. I would love to do that. <laughs> Podcaster. <laughs> Maybe this year we'll do it. Add some spice. <laughs> we should. See if anybody notices. Okay, let's see. Uh, there's a funny one, but I'm not going to ask this one because it's not appropriate. But <laughs> <laughs> what is your biggest complaint about your job? Oh, Skip, pass. I pass that. Nothing. I love everything. Everything's perfect. Okay. This is a good one. What is your number one karaoke song? I just really don't like karaoke. I never want to get up and sing in front of people, but we did have a lot of fun. We went to this place called Voice Box Social in Portland where you have little private rooms and sing. Natalie, do you remember that? We did that um, mm-hmm. the day before the world shut down for the pandemic. We all shared microphones. We all and, licked it. And then yeah. shut, shut down. <laughs> I like songs that you can have like a duet. And I'm trying to think of the songs we sang that night because I know I put up some of my favorite ones. Um, I feel like you did really great that night. It might have been the alcohol, but I remember being like, yeah, damn, she can sing. <laughs> Country songs are fun. I really don't know if I'm going to find a specific song off the top of my head. I, If I was going to karaoke today, I would probably pick a Dan and Shay song or, which they're a country artist, or a Morgan Wallen song. He's one of my... Just there's a couple songs that are, never get old to me by those artists. And I would just go up and sing them really hard and really emotionally because 
that's just, that's fun. It's what I do in my car. Drake, who now has the speaker and Bluetooth. It's really fun. It's like you have karaoke every day in there. I basically do. <laughs> All right. So, oh, this is a fun one. What's your favorite family tradition? Being an Italian, I feel like you have quite a few. I do. And I don't think I could pick one. That's hard. And it's like, family with kids, fam, you know, extended family. I think I'm going to do two. One is Easter. Easter is one of my favorite holidays for the food specifically because we do like seven courses. It's insane. Everyone comes together. Everyone's assigned a course because my extended family for that meal is like, I don't know, 25 people. And so it's a lot of food and it's a lot of plates. And my grandma will not allow paper plates. So <laughs> a lot of dishes. And it's, yeah, and it's neat to make the, we make this this dish called timbalo, which is essentially like lasagna, but instead of lasagna, you make crepes and the crepes are the layers. And then you have red sauce and white sauce and um, little baby meatballs. It's so, three kinds of cheese. It's so good. So I look forward to that every year. And then my other favorite tradition is we do an annual boating trip every year with the kids. And it's really fun because we've been going for 10 years this year. Wow. And it started um, when my husband and I were dating. And now we roll up with three kids and bikes and toys and kid crap everywhere. <laughs> and it changes every year, but it's really fun. Yes, really fun. I, I do always hear you talk about the Timbalo every year and... I think I've tried it a couple of years ago. Very good. It's so It takes a long time to make. That's why it's so special because you have to make all the crepes and then you have to make these mini meatballs and then you have to make um, hard-boiled eggs and then you have to make the red sauce and then the white. I mean, it's like, it's insane. I don't know who invented it. They're like, let's figure out this dish that's going to take three days to make. <laughs> right. <laughs> It'll make it more special that way. I love it. Okay, what... Besides necessities, so like besides food, water, air, you know, that kind of basic stuff, what is one thing that you could not go without for a day? I I think it's, for me, it's pretty obvious. I don't think I could go without people. I need my friends. I need people. And that's where I get a lot of my energy from. As much as I need breaks, I just also need the human connection. I don't, I don't know if I've ever actually sat in solitude for a day and not talked to somebody. I mean, I should probably try it, but besides basic needs, I think that at the end of the day, I am not entirely driven by money. Money's nice when I have a good sales month. That's really exciting because it allows me to move forward and goal personal goals that I have um, for my life. But more than money, people motivate me and I love the human connection um, helping customers, being involved with like our staff and our traders. I get a lot of energy from my friends and my family and those that I work with. And so I think that at the end of the day, if you took away my paycheck, as long as I had people and people who I love, I would be okay. We would figure it out. That's a good answer. Right from the heart. <laughs> it's just, it's true. <laughs> Um, I have another, I have a good one for you. Let me ask this one first. Okay. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited about this one. Oh. <laughs> okay. If you had a warning label, what would it be? <laughs> oh my God. That's weird because that was honestly the one I'm looking at. And no. it's number 
six, and that's the one I wanted. I scrolled past. <laughs> We're sick. Uh, if I had a warning label, it would probably say, "I, I'm a really <laughs> like looks nice, but has road rage." Like because I'm a different person in my car, and I so true. It doesn't translate to real life. I'm not that person, but I think my car somehow protects me and is like I'm just like a person inside a robot and people can't see me <laughs> and I get really angry really angry and just mean. in your car and I say mean things I can't believe some of the things that come out of my mouth I really don't feel like I'm the same person that I am on the road that's so like funny. this morning I remember driving down here and I thought I said something really mean about a car like no we'll just go all around you because it's your world and we're just living in it. And I was so mad. <laughs> I know it could be worse, but <laughs> it's that kind of spite that I brings out in me, you know? Well, you might have censored that uh, yeah. replay a little bit. And if I could just have a side note, I'm sorry, but Oregon drivers are the worst. Everybody hangs out in the left lane and they don't understand the left lane is for passing. They sit in their Prius in the left lane and they go five under. Every single person here, it doesn't make sense. The end. But now I have to ask you, if you had a warning label, what would yours say? Oh, that's hard. I think my Italian rage comes out every once in a while. (laughs) Um, Not in the car? (laughs) Not necessarily in the car. Sometimes in the car, but not always. But like, okay, this is something that happens. When I get hurt, unexpectedly hurt, like I didn't see it coming. Someone (laughs) like whacks me in the eye or like, I don't know. One of my kids hurts me. I... I have, it takes everything in my body to not like cuss that person out. Like I am, I've seen it instantly like (laughs) furious. And it's like, before I had kids, I couldn't control it as much. Now that I have kids and you see their like little faces and they know when they've hurt you and they feel so bad and you're like, oh, gotta just keep it in. It's so hard. Right. I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) You are very good at um, controlling it in front of your kids, I would say. It is kind of nice when they're not around, though. I can just let loose. <laughs> Get that anger out. Ooh, this uh, is a fun one. Is it my turn or your turn? I don't know. You go. Okay. What's the worst gift you ever received? <laughs> what if they're listening? Then they'll know not to get it for you again. Uh, I don't know, honestly. I got to think about that for a second. I don't know. I don't have a good answer off the top of my head. Do you? Not that I can think of. I have never had one, I think, that makes an impact on me. Gifts are so such a nice gesture. It's like, you didn't have it before. You shouldn't be too offended about it now. Yeah, I've never had anyone give me like a rude gift. <laughs> Except for you when you gave me perfume because you said I smelled. <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, what was the last book you read? That's a rapid fire question, but... That is a rapid a fire question. You know, what's funny is today on the drive down, I was like, Natalie's going to ask me what book I last read because I thought you were just going to ask me all the rapid fire <laughs> questions. And so I had to think about it. And right now I'm reading a book called Making of a Manager. And it's this lady who managed um, teams at like Facebook and Google. And that's interesting, but I'm not finished with it yet. So I don't think it counts. So the most recent book that made an impression on me that I finished from start to finish really quickly was Believe It by Jamie Kern Lima. And it's just, it was really very inspiring book about her, the trials and tribulations she went to to get to where she's at and how it would, 
I mean, she really has been through a lot. She's very successful now, but it just is a good reminder that nothing comes easy. You know, you if you're just reading the headlines of anybody's life, it's going to look really good and like they got there easily and it never is. You never see the mess in the background. You know, you only see the Instagram grid. So that was just a really inspiring book to, you know, keep working hard and hard work compounds over time and you have to keep trying because you're definitely going to fail over and over again. So it was one of those things where you learn to look forward to those failures because you can become something even better from it. That book was very inspiring. So I it was good. can't recommend it enough. Um, and you can never compare yourself because no. you cannot compare yourself to somebody else. You're, what does it compare your start to someone else's finish? Yes. We're all at different spots. Yeah. And the comparison is the thief of joy. Do we have any other quotes <laughs> throw in here? <laughs> so the book that you're reading now though, is that in paper or on Audible? Yes, I bought it. Um, I bought it physically. I bought it at an Amazon store at the mall. And I was just looking into management books just for some professional development. And her name is Julie Z- Zaho. I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's Z-H-U-O. And so far, it's good. It's, it hasn't caught me to the point where I can't put it down. But um, she has a lot of experience with her background and managing different types of personalities and groups and how when she first started, it was talking about when she got first into a management position, she was like, I don't know what I'm... She said, everybody starts looking at you like you know what you're doing and you don't. And then you get this complex about imposter syndrome. And, uh, you know, it just kind of normalizes that whole experience of feeling like you have to know everything before you have the experience. And uh, that really resonates with me right now. I think I'm going to ask you the same question. Or I can switch to a different one if you don't want to answer it. Well, I have a, I have a good one actually that um, was recommended to me, but I haven't finished it yet. So kind of like you, but I'll still say that one. Okay. It's called The Heart of Business. It's pretty good. Um, I feel like I, I mainly read business books or self-development books and I kind of got bored for a while. Yeah. I had to take a little break. So I read Believe It. That was probably the last book I read, but now I'm a quarter of the way through the heart of business. And this guy that wrote it, he was the CEO of Best Buy when Best oh. Buy was going to go down and he turned the whole thing around. Oh, interesting. So it's pretty good. I like it. But I really, I am really having a hard time reading now because I'm not commuting anymore. Right. So I've lost that. I mean, I'm not complaining, I don't think, but it takes me 30 minutes to get to the office now. And that's not enough time to like get deep into a book. Right. Right. Yeah. That was the nice part about driving is that I, I can listen to podcasts and audiobooks on my way down and up. And it gets me some good uh, time that I would not otherwise have. I don't really like reading books. I prefer Audible. So the car is definitely when I would be doing that. So I think we should finish with uh, the rapid fire questions. A couple of <laughs> Okay. Since you're prepared. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll have to do on top of my head. How would you describe the lumber industry in one word? Innovative. Ooh, go on. <laughs> well, I think you have to be innovative to survive in this industry. So the companies that are still standing have been able to innovate their technology innovate what they offer to employees, innovate the way that we do business and adapt to new technology. And I think that if you don't, I mean, it could even come down to your website. If you don't adapt and innovate, it's not like if you'll get left behind, it's when you will get left behind. 
uh, and you will not be relevant to our industry. So you really have to keep innovative ideas and practices constantly, right? So I, I think that that's, that would be one word I would use to describe it. Isn't there a saying, adapt or die? Yeah. Did I make that up? <laughs> uh, that could be our new quote. <laughs> adapt or die. Adapt, adapt or die. What? Uh, how about you, Natalie? Since I'm not going to remember the rapid fire questions, I'm just going to ask you one after the next so we don't forget them. What, what, what's one word you would use to describe the lumber industry? I think I would say fun because of my expectations coming into the industry. Like for you, you know, you are, what do we decide? Your third generation? Second generation. Second. Okay. Yeah. Second generation. I am first generation myself. And so I had no idea what to expect when I got here. I thought it was just going to be some boring old crotchety industry. <laughs> and it's been so much fun. And it definitely doesn't get the recognition it deserves for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's really been evolving to, you know, especially in the last five to 10 years, it's evolved with a lot of new generations, new ideas. It's exciting to be a part of. So that's a great word to describe it. Okay. I think the last one is what's the last thing you learned in the industry? For me, it's a big one and it's to take risk, but not just like a risk that is uneducated, but to trust your gut when you're producing something or making something or offering something new from a for the company. I think that um, I did take a few big risks this year and I have learned that with great risk comes great reward and to continue to take those risks when when possible. I think one big part of that was having support and a great mentor who helped me learn a lot of things I needed to know about making this product that I made and it empowered me and gave me the confidence. So with that taking risk, I also was empowered by somebody and that taught me an example that I want to share and I hope to share with you know the next generation in our industry. If there's somebody in my day-to-day that I could ever help impart wisdom on or empower them to be more confident with the decisions they make as long as they're making the right ones and doing the homework, then I think that's going to make everybody better and a better world to live in for the lumber industry. So I think taking risks is a big lesson I learned this year. I was too scared to do it. First years of trading and now I'm ready. (laughs) Baby, you should see the purchase orders I've been writing today. It is... I've been taking I mean, all within, all over the all within your budget, obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, <laughs> just checking. What about you? <laughs> I think um, you've learned a lot this year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, besides like learning about like glue lamb and hardwood <laughs> softwood and rip and resaw. No, I think overall my lesson for 2021 is to, so far has been to ask. Women Don't Ask. It's the title of a book. And I read it a long time ago. I would need to revisit it. But regardless, a lot Linda of Linda Babcock. Oh, dang, girl. Dang. I know. It's a good book. Um, Chatterley. A lot of times I'm just too scared to ask. And like 10 out of 10, every time I ask, it's, it's usually a yes. I mean, definitely have taken a little... I guess along your lines, I've taken a little bit more risk with asking hey, can we do this? Hey, why don't we do this? Hey, why is this this way? And I've gotten really good feedback on that. So I'm going to just keep it up, I guess, till I get a no. 
Yes. So take risks and ask. Ask hard questions. I love ask that. Ask hard questions. All right. Well, Nat, what a wonderful person you are. What a wonderful person you are. This was so fun. Next time we're going to do this with uh, like margaritas or tequilas or something. A little gra- glass of red wine. Yes. I mean, really, today has been breathtaking and spectacular and remarkable. It has. Some might say phenomenal. All right. Well, if you made it this far, you're... um, (laughs) Congratulations. You're a loyal listener. And thank you. And we will see you next week. What are we talking about next week, Matt? A little preview for... uh, Next week is going to be our FSC episode. I believe. Next week is FSC or Terms of the Trade. We're still working on scheduling, correct? Yes, we are. We'll see you then. 